We have 14 Russian domesticated foxes, three non-Russian foxes, two coyotes, a wolf, and three New Guinea singing dogs. Meet Amy Bassett, not your average pet owner. In fact, the animals she just rattled off, not actually her pets. Amy and her husband Dave are the founders of a special conservation center in Southern California. Their mission is to teach people about canines that aren't dogs, but deserve our love and affection nonetheless. And then to also make people uh, want to be advocates for them. Because who doesn't want to cuddle up to a fox, a coyote, or better yet, a wolf? I'm Baudelaire, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're going to Santa Isabel, California, to the Judith A. Bassett Canid Education and Conservation Center. And with us are the Bassets, who've dedicated their lives to showing folks man has even more best friends than previously thought. More after this. For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail, from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, so before we get started, quick vocab lesson. The name of the center is the Judith A. Bassett Canid Education and Conservation Center. A canid is a mammal of the dog family. You know, wolves, coyotes, jackals, etc. Typically, we say canine which works also, but canid is the more proper term. All right, now that we got that in order, onto the episode. Amy and Dave founded the center together, but they come from very different backgrounds. I uh, did not grow up with animals. Um, I am one of those people who every time they see an animal, a puppy squeals and wants to run up and give it love and make it love me. Um, So when I met Dave and I knew that he had this strong history with animals, um, I immediately got excited and said, puppy, 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 can we get a puppy, puppy, puppy? But Dave is definitely the animal, um, one of the two of us. So I'll let him tell his story. I've been around animals my whole life. The center, one reason the name is long is actually named after my my late mother. And um, she was... uh, dog trainer and so I've literally been around animals my whole life meaning when she was actually pregnant with me she had a litter of puppies that was being born and she wouldn't go to the hospital 
be, until these puppies were taken care of. And so quite literally, I was almost born under the stairs in the box with the puppies. Luckily, Dave's dad convinced his mom to go to the hospital and give birth there. But after Dave was born, he pretty much spent all of his formative years around dogs. He also helped his mom with her business, training dogs. Fast forward to 2013. By this time, Amy and Dave are married, and Amy had started training dogs with Dave and his mom, helping regular pet owners, and also training the animals for search and rescue missions. And one night, she gets an idea. Isn't it how everything starts with a glass of wine? One night I came home from work, I had a really difficult client, and Dave showed me this uh, article, or asked me about this, this Nat Geo article about these Russian domesticated foxes. The article Dave showed his wife was about a program in Russia to understand how wolves, over time, became man's best friend. Fun fact, the domestication actually took thousands of years. But the Russian scientists Amy and Dave read about were trying to reproduce what once took thousands of years in one human lifetime. And the Russian scientist's candidate of choice was the red fox, selectively bred for tameness. And so... Dave showed me this article and then we started watching some videos and I turned to him after my glass and a half of wine and I said, oh my God, we got to get them. We got to get some because here I am thinking if we can train these Russian domesticated foxes to do search and rescue, avalanche rescue, one, wouldn't that be like totally amazing? And then two, wouldn't I just completely one-up Dave's mom? Because, yeah, you can train a German shepherd to do search and rescue. Who can? Right? But if I trained a Russian domesticated fox to do search and rescue, that would go down in, like, history as the way that you trump your mother-in-law. So Dave doesn't actually say yes to Amy's idea, but he doesn't say no either. So she gets to work researching how to get these Russian domesticated foxes to the U.S. So... I started emailing the Institute, started emailing all these researchers that have been there to find out more about them, started talking to some local vets. And literally within eight to 10 months, we were picking up our first two Russian domesticated foxes in Salt Lake City. When she tells this story, she always said she had one and a half glasses of wine. I'm sticking with she had two. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that that's my story. But anyway, after we got these animals, um, we got a lot of different opinions from people about what they would be like. A lot of people were saying this whole Russian program, as far as these foxes are concerned, it's it's not true. They're just going to be like any other foxes. Other people were saying they were different. And so our, our thought at that point is whatever they are, we're going to give them a home. They'll be better off here than they were there. And um, we'll just see. They started with two furry foxes, Boris and Sophie, who are about the size of medium-sized dogs, you know, big enough to pick up and hold if you wanted to. And Dave and Amy would find out these foxes were even more friendly than they thought they'd be. But at the same time, they weren't exactly like your average dog. These guys were very um, keen on hanging out with us. But that being said, they were still foxes. They weren't dogs, they are foxes. And so there were limitations as to what we could actually train them to do. Um, while they were ex exceptionally trainable in that they're very, very smart, they only do things if it benefits them. Um, where dogs over the years have kind of been selectively bred to almost want to please you to some degree, the foxes really didn't care about pleasing you. They, they just did what was good for them. Um, so the thought was if we trained them to do search and rescue, we might be able to do that. But 
once they rescued the person on the hillside, they would just be gone. They didn't have a recall, so you couldn't call them back. A couple years later, Dave's mom, Judith Bassett, passed away. And Dave and Amy wanted to honor her in a way that aligned with her life's work. Let's actually start the center up in her name and continue her work, her legacy, if you will, of working with these various animals to kind of, just to be there to advocate for these different canids, which, you know, is what she loves. Originally, they wanted to start the conservation center in Utah, but Dave says in the area they were living, animals like foxes were seen as things you hunt, not help. So they decided to move the operation to Southern California, a place they felt they'd get more community support. And once they knew where they were going to go, they needed to plan out how exactly they'd make it all happen. Well, we go back to the first discussion we had. I'm sure there was wine involved. Poor yeah. wine. <laughs> we found property. It was 10 and a half acre parcel in the middle of, you know, out back of San Diego, undeveloped. And we had to, you know, dig a well and pull power and build a structure. And so we knew we wanted to expand the center, bring in more animals, whether they were wild caught that couldn't be released back to the wild or if they were from the exotic pet trade um, or if they were um, from the Russian program. And they did. Amy and Dave became a resource for rescue coordinators around the country who had canids who needed a home and couldn't be released in the wild, like foxes from Utah or coyotes from Texas. And in 2020, they even got a wolf whose name is Lucan. He was part of a captive breeding situation. So he, um, uh, and he actually, he has an underbite. And so because of that, he couldn't continue in this captive breeding because, you know, in theory, it's a genetic flaw, if you will. And so he needed a place. And um, we, I, as I said, when I was young, my mother used to have you know, wolf hybrids that she would have at her place and I'd be the guy that was having to take care of them. So I wasn't afraid to deal with a wolf and um, he needed a home. And um, we figured, you know, he's wolves in the wild are definitely, they, they were on the endangered species list and then they recently came off. And since they've come off, it's kind of been a free for all killing them in a lot of places. So they do need an advocacy. At the JAB center, all the animals are separated in their respective enclosures. But when folks visit the center, they get to have real up-close-and-personal time with all of the different canids there. And so we go through the history of the dog and the history of the New Guinea singing dog, and they get to meet and learn about these really unique primitive dogs and then, you know, how, in fact, their own, you know, dog came into being. And then Dave brings Lucan, which is always, like, it's so exciting to, to see because... Um, Dave sneaks up on them, right? And so he comes around the corner and then here he is walking with this 140-pound wolf. And Lucan serves as a sort of ambassador for his kind. You know, if you've ever met a wolf, it's there's something about the way that they walk, something about their stature, the way they look. It's so, like, it's it's... And everybody says the same thing, like, oh, my God, it's just amazing and majestic. He teaches people that wolves have a place in the wild. They're not looking to eat people. If you look at statistics, people don't get eaten by wolves. You know, you're more likely to get hurt by bees or a deer or snakes or a whole lot of other animals than wolves. They just are afraid of people. They want to stay away from people. And um, and so, yeah, that's how he showed up. And he's he does a good job of 
helping people to understand roles a bit better. That's exactly what he does. He rubs all over them. He's laying on the ground, kicking his feet, being like so not majestic, like a total, that's why we call him a dork wolf. And so then he comes up and does the same thing with all of us. And then eventually Dave has to take him away and he goes begrudgingly because he thinks it's the wolf show. Um, and then we actually bring the people down into the fox enclosure. So they get to come and sit in an enclosure and we usually bring between two and four foxes in and we switch them out too. So they get a chance to meet different foxes because each of the foxes have a very different personality. And they get to also understand and see the different colors, the natural colors of the red fox versus, you know, these colors that were produced in fur farming. And after about a decade of running the center, Amy and Dave say the canids that started it all, the Russian domesticated foxes, have grown to get used to the conservation life. They've gotten a little comfortable, maybe too comfortable. We always call them Americanized because when we first get the Russian foxes, they come here and they'll eat anything. They're like, oh, it's celery. I love celery. Oh, it's a cucumber. I love cucumber. And then all of a sudden you see this progression in like six months, we call them Americanized, when they're like, ah, I don't think that blueberry is organic. You know, I only eat organic blueberries. The JAB Center's mission remains to educate folks on the importance and value of canids outside of our typical breeds of dogs. The conservation efforts are also ongoing because they're always looking to bring in more canids who are in need of a safe space. You know, on a personal level, just when I have those connections with people, um, when I see people with tears in their eyes um, sharing with me an experience they had in their life with an animal or the experience they're currently having at the center with these animals, um, and just seeing people with that much joy and emotion and that connection, that one-on-one -on -one connection that we get to have. And we get to be a part of that. And I think that's just truly so special that I think we need more of that out there. If you're in the San Diego area and in the mood to get rubbed on by a wolf or just chill with some red foxes, you can reach out to the JAB Center through their website and schedule a time to stop by. The website's also the place to go if you're looking to donate to their efforts. The link is in the show notes. I want to thank Amy and Dave Bassett for joining me for today's episode. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. Our production team includes... Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger. Chris Naka. Camille Stanley. Manolo Morales. Gabby Gladney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was sound designed by Camille Stanley and mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. And my name is Baudelaire. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
the world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.